Hey everybody, this is Francisco here with my friends Andrew and Charles for the 133rd edition of Sports Goofs. Unfortunately, due to international matters, this is going to be serious. This is another serious show. We haven't had a serious show in a while. It's just been uh, last time was like the Black Lives Matter uh, movement that started back in 2020. Uh, the- Thing that that heat player that was all anti-Semitic. That was another one. Oh, that was yeah, that was also Myers Leonard. Oh, <laughs> whatever the hell his name is. Yeah, yeah, man, that guy was completely shunned out of the league. Uh, yeah, he hasn't. He's not playing this season, right? Yeah, he's he's not. He can go to Russia. Uh, <laughs> um, he'd yeah, fit, he'd fit right in. Well, anyways, yeah, he's still not playing. Yeah, he's still not playing. Fun no, fact. Nobody's, nobody's, uh, he is not on any team. So, uh, war has broken out in Ukraine. Russia has invaded Ukraine. And, and we don't need, you don't need to hear sports goose. People don't come here for their uh, geopolitical news. But I deal with that type of stuff in my practice in some ways. And actually, this is probably going to affect people in ways too coming into the future especially if they're coming out of Russia because of being the centers of, uh, uh, I mean, fuck Putin. So I'm just going to say it outright. Just, outright. just fuck that guy. Uh, and we love well, our Russian fans. Can we say that? <laughs> oh, Should yeah. we? Should well, we? Well, yeah. well. Sell out with me. Oh, yeah. Sell out with me. All right. Record yeah. company, give me lots of money, but everything's going to be all right. I mean, and look, there's a, there's a massive contingent of Russians that are against this invasion. It's just that they live under a dictatorship. And it's very difficult for them to speak out. So, uh, if any, and I do post this on. Remember, we've had lots of Russian people uh, listen to this show, which is weird to say, but it it is, it is. And so, um, but at the same time, I have seen Russians that are you know pro whatever, and but you know you're gonna have that. But it, but anyways, I, I don't want to. Uh, judge Del- not the people of the nation for their leadership, but just judge them if they support the bad acts. Uh, well, and you know, there's there's a lot of hypocritical things you can say about that for a lot of countries out there, including the one that we live in. But mm-hmm. that's not something I want to get into on this show right now. I, I, and uh, I'm sure Andrew has done his research, especially with all the announcements that are going on. We just want to focus on the sports stuff that is happening to Russia and with regards to Russia. Uh, especially across, um, we're on the lo- oh, we're not locked out, Freddie. All right, that's Major League Baseball. We'll talk about them later because uh, that'll be during the more lighter segment of yeah. the show. The, the only kind of locks that we do is pop and locks. Mm. Want to get down with a cardboard box in the back of the of the Seven Eleven? Meet us there. <laughs> so, uh, anyways, a lot of the international bodies. Re- within sport have already denounced Russia. Andrew, I don't know if you've looked up every single one of them that has done something at least, but uh, I believe that so far we have we have FIFA and UEFA have banned all uh, na- Russian national teams, men's, women's, juniors, wh- whatever you want to call them, under 18s, under 16s. And and all Russian club teams as well, not not just the, not just the international teams, but the the club teams. 
the IIHF, which uh, I was hoping, because it's hockey, I was hoping would make an announcement soon enough, and they have. Uh, they have banned all Russian and Belarusian teams from participating as well. Uh, most notably this year was the World Juniors and, and the World Championships, obviously, too. Uh, but the World Juniors, which were suspended for a bit due to COVID, but were being held in Edmonton this year. And so th- those teams will not be allowed to compete. And also Russia was uh, stripped of the World Junior Championships next year in 2023 for hockey. Uh, who else was it? I, I don't, has FIBA... I don't know. I was trying to look up FIBA, uh, the basketball. Uh, I don't one think as well. I saw anything on that. So I haven't. We're the basketball guys. Yeah, I I, I, I tried to look it up, and let I me mean, look it up while we're we're here right now. Um, but these things are so day to day, you know. As this thing kind of, I, I think maybe they haven't got a knee jerk reaction because right now there's a supposed standstill. Um, okay, so FIBA also, also FIBA also uh, all Russian teams and their officials. Are no longer allowed um, to compete within FIBA basketball sanctioned events, and even their three-on-three basketball competitions are not being held either. So, and those are big money makers for Russian players, international basketball and international hockey. So it's uh, not as it's if, soccer too, yeah. Well, in soccer, so it's not very minor things. Um, not uh, just for Russian players, but also international players alike everywhere. Yeah. Then also the IOC also has banned Russian national teams from competing. Uh, IOC is the Olympics, right? Yes, the International Olympic Committee. But you see, that's silly because didn't they have Russia be able to go into the Winter Olympics and other Olympics as ROC as the and, Russian Olympics Committee? So I don't know, like, Andrew. I don't know if you can look this up either. I don't know if now Russian players are banned because because that was the whole thing with the whole ROC thing, and that's what kind of got my goat over the last few years. And, and look, the Russians have been doing this since they were Soviet Union, cheating in sports. Okay, it's it's been their thing. It's been really the thing that they're most known for, in my opinion, is just is cheating at sports. And to me, and to me, and this will go into a deeper discussion that we can have with regards to punishing individual players for the acts of your shitty country. Uh, Well, not I wouldn't say your shitty country, but your shitty leadership in your country. Um whether they should be punished for that type of stuff or not right now. So we've, we've had that. Uh, also, within the Continental Hockey League, which is the Russian uh, highest league of hockey there, and a lot would say is the second best league compared to the NHL. Nowhere near the the level of, of talent that the NHL has, but because Russian players want to play in the NHL rather than want to play in the KHL, except for, was it... Uh, Ilya Kovalchuk, right, right, Andrew. He was like the only guy that kind of uh, got homesick and wanted to go back home. Uh, but uh, aside from that, most guys want to play in the NHL. And uh, two teams, I believe. Who are the two teams? It was uh, Jokerit out in Finland. Jokerit and uh, Dynamo, I think. Well, there's several Dynamo teams. Dynamo is very Dynamo Kiev. There we go. I think. Uh, out in uh, Latvia, 
so the the Latvian. Oh no. Uh... You know, Kiev is is Ukraine's capital, but uh, it, it, it something Dynamo. There's there's several Dynamo teams. There's Dynamo Moscow. There's a Dynamo Minsk, but those are Russia and Belarus. Um, and uh, but the the only Latvian team in the KHL has also removed themselves from the league. Uh, and I believe because Joker 8 was part of the Finnish Elite League before. And then they joined the KHL uh, because it was a higher level of competition. And they were also the most popular team in Finland. But given Latvia and Finland's history with Russia and the Soviet Union, it, it was only a matter of time before they also were like, fuck this, we're out. Uh, fuck you guys. And we're, we're, we're done. So uh, that's completely understandable. And then you have the unfortunate situation of international players playing for the KHL. There's several guys that are from Sweden or Switzerland or Finland. or uh, I believe there were possibly even like 40 Canadian players and like 10 or so Americans playing on KHL squads uh, this year. Uh, I don't know the exact number, but I, I do remember seeing tweets about that. And uh, one would think, especially with the way that the ruble is falling in value, that they are trying to find a way to get out while the while the getting's good. Right. Um, and that that that's that's kind of the I don't know if I'm missing something, Andrew, with regards to all of these announcements, but that's kind of where we're sitting at with teams that have been removed or, or anything like that or, or 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 banning of Russian or Belarus clubs and national well, teams. I know that the FIA, which runs Formula One, um, mm-hmm. well, yes, I mean, they don't just run Formula One. They run most of the international racing uh, leagues, whatever. Um, they said that they will allow Russian and Belarusian drivers to participate, but they will be driving under a neutral flag. Hmm. Okay. Um, uh, this situation is just really messed up well ccm ccm the the hockey gear manufacturer Mm -hmm. said they're removing any advertisements they have with russian-born players wow wow so they just cut off all brand deals that's kind of intense though because it's not as if the russian player or their those jerseys sold are going to Russia and the government, right? Uh, Contractually speaking. I mean, and this is part of the debate that I feel in my head. So, um, right now, and I believe, I'm reading here about the WTA and ATP uh, for for tennis and their governing bodies. Uh, So, they're suspending the Russian Tennis Federation and the Belarus Tennis Federation from membership uh, and withdrawing their entries for any Comp, uh, international team competitions as well um, and their players are going to be allowed to compete 
but much like uh, uh, was it F one, Andrew? They'll yeah. they won't be competing under the names of their flags. Which, all right. So this is my it's thing. Kind of silly though, and, because and this is my thing, right? And and, and Charles, I don't know. You, say what you need to say because I think we might be agreeing in this part right here. But it. You can't take away that person's nationality if they're Russian, and if they were, if you're an invested person who had watched F1 or all the other racing stuff, and you knew they're from Russia, you know they're a Russian athlete. But it's not like they're saying with pride from Moscow, mm-hmm. you know, comrade, whatever, Sergey, coming into it. It's like you don't see if there was a Russian boxer. I can't get off the top of my name because I've just been following the Ukrainian boxers who even go and get some arm shot out to Klitschko's end. Let me check them on that. But I, I think I think it's kind of over. I don't want to say overkill because one, not PC in this kind of situation, and two, I don't know supposed players that or players or athletes is the word we use because I don't. Sorry, Doug, I don't consider like F one racing, you know, really to be athletic or a sport. It's just you know doing turns. Um, <laughs> but what are you accomplishing as a organization, private organization, to kind of be like you can't fly under your colors if you want to still go? Are you trying to bait the nationalism? If any, uh, the nationalism of that person reminds me a little bit of, um, God, you're going to make me go to the recesses of my brain, but the 1950s um, black scare with the communist, um, with MacArthur, which just kind of go through. Oh, and red, scare. Yeah, the red scare. Yeah, yeah. yeah with the red scare of Hollywood, where I thought we were kind of above that, and you're putting this ultimatum, so you're taking money out of the people's pockets. So what you're doing is you're saying, hey, we hate national oppression. But what we're going to do is do private oppression, and we're saying, we're, you, you license us, we're not going to authenticate it anymore. Um, clothing, I'm not big on, not at all, because I, to my knowledge, I, I mean, and granted, I am not an attorney who reads contracts for Russia and then for um, private organizations or uh, sports apparel people who make stuff, but I don't think part of the fees goes to, you know, the Soviet government, not Soviet, they're not so it's a wannabe return of Soviet government, but to Russian government on proceeds, nor... I mean, I'm not, I'm not crazy about that. And then the whole idea of like you can't fly on a flag, but it it's like you can't take away who their identity is unless they they change your citizenship. It reminds me a little bit of the Terminal, the movie in 2005 or 2006 <laughs> with Tom, Tom Hanks. Hanks, where a man loses his um, nationality and national identity because of fictional Soviet Union satellite breakup dissolving. And he's like, I don't know who I am, you know, another country. That's my bad Tom Hanks accent. But mind you, Tom Hanks had a terrible accent in that movie in itself. Not a good movie, but. I don't get it because you're kind of becoming you're inciting violence with violence is the common thought process. You know how they say don't go for eye for night, but you're kind of doing a reverse thing. We're like, well, sanctions is one thing. Maybe you lead the sanctions to governments who do trade organizations, things like that, but to restrict pay- players proceeds because you are making money off of your apparel that you're selling. Are you not? And if you're putting impingements on people who are not actively using hate speech or pro speech of russian absorbing ukraine and attacking killing people then why are you attacking those athletes and mind you mm. to be fair even if an athlete sports whatever um because like i said sorry Doug, i don't count f1 or fifa and all that stuff as sports right sure fifa sport but f1 um i don't, i think they would lie low and they're not gonna be like do it for russia because they know that you're just done for the rest of your entire career if you're being Exile. I can get the banning of certain things. I still don't think it accomplishes much unless Russia gets a significant chunk of income from FIBA, from um, hockey, from all the other stuff that's international. But then if you're impacting the players, are you kind of like, are, are you just trying to make like international tribunal? We all went to FIU. That's something they always put us. 
it's not a just following orders um, unless you have fictional player who says, hey, I'm going to go pick up arms against Ukraine. Completely understand that. But on the face of things, and here's the problem with um, boilerplate policies is that they lead to also bad results sometimes. Mm. And I, I don't see the point. And by no way, spin doctors out there listening to us, this is not an advocation of one side or the other. Um, frankly, I, I would tell you guys this was something that's been expected for the last 10 years because eight years ago he was trying to march on the river Crimea, right, or the Crimea River. Yeah. Um, but if, if this is your knee-jerk reaction to it, how are you going to make the players actually feel? Because, you know, there's a lot of people who probably might be neutral on this overseas in Russia, and this is speculation, but this is going to bring an actually history and political science effect to it. Um, they're feeling a way about it, or they don't feel a way about it, and they're just trying to pro- – and these are young players too. It's not as if they were around – 30 years ago when the Soviet states fell out, they missed out on the Cold War. But now you're going to get these players who, how are they going to feel if you are thinking that they're the bad guys? They haven't done anything wrong. And does it push them to be more supportive because at least the government might be on their interest? It reminds me very much of why how, and, and you guys can chime in on this one, but how World War II fever kind of came around when you had German nationalists who were p- penalized for um, – people who have survived during world war one been around during world war one penalized for all the countries going there and then maybe that's what led to certain oppressive people hitler coming in tyrants dictators you know those those things and they just cast their lot there because we shunned them out now picture that almost 80 years later are you doing actually a service for the world by making people maybe resent you because if you're gonna say hey we're gonna make them kind of in theory resent their government not necessarily so buddy I don't know. That's just intriguing to me. You guys have it because unfortunately I sold five minutes of your time. <laughs> um, Andrew, what, what do you think before I, I start speaking? Uh, I, I don't, I'm looking at the stream chats. I don't know what everybody hates me for, but okay. He, he, said, he, cry, said, cry me, he said, cry me a river. Uh, was that an intended thing or, or was that just like, you were just, you pronounce it that way. Cause, I'm stupid. How about that? <laughs> and I, I think that's probably just how I pronounced it. Okay. And All right. I think you guys should be happy that I, I wasn't actually, you know, g- going into singing a Justin Timberlake song. That, that's where I thought it was going. Okay. All right. So, uh, uh, yeah, Andrew, sorry. Uh, it's so tough. I mean, you the ultimate goal here is to get the invasion to stop as quick as possible. Mm. And, I mean, there are so many sanctions being thrown right now. I mean, I mean, I hate to say it, but all Russian civilians are hurting right now. It's it's an unfortunate side effect, but it's the only way to get any sort of momentum going against Putin. Hmm. Uh, Putin doesn't give a shit that the ruble is down to one cent per dollar. He's fine. Uh, he doesn't care that people are going to be back in bread lines like in the Cold War. He doesn't give a shit about any of that. Um, 
but the people that are going to get hurt are the regular people. Um, and if one way to ultimately the way this is going to end is when the oligarchs, the people with the money say enough is enough and they're going to put a stop to this is Putin's not going to stop of his own volition. Someone's going to stop him. And if you start to piss off people like Alex Ovechkin, uh, uh, what's his name? Nikita Mazepin. His father is an oligarch who's very, uh, very uh, friendly with Putin. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's actually. Well, exactly, Freddie. Um, but now you now we're into the era of electronic warfare. I mean, there's stuff that is being done now that couldn't have been done before, even as recently as the Cold War. Um, so the sanctions are not meant to hurt Putin. They're meant to hurt the people who can influence Putin in one way or another. The people that are, keep him in power. And if enough of them get pissed, if enough of the population gets pissed, they'll do something about it. So if you're pissing off these oligarchs, you know, like I said, Nikita Mazepin, um, his father is some kind of billionaire, and the Haas Formula One team is sponsored by Ural Kali, which is, I think, an oil company based out of Russia, um, which is ironic because the owner of the team is American. So... If you're pissing off all these people, something's going to change. And I know, like you're saying, like these people are being caught in the crossfire and they're not doing anything. But if it's a way to expedite things, then I say go for it. Hmm. Uh, it's, it's unfortunate. I, listen, I wish there was no invasion going on right now at all. Uh, but there is, it's, it's just a fact. And obviously starting world war three is not exactly the best way to try and bring a resolution to this. Because Russia has a lot of nukes. If you piss them off, if you piss Putin off enough, he is going to use the nukes. We do not want nukage. So right now, sanctions are the is our best bet. And just do whatever it takes to piss off enough people to get this to stop. And that's the way I see it. It's not meant to penalize these people, necess- these individuals necessarily, 
but it's a means to an end. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right, so here I go. So I'm a little bit more extreme with my methods. Uh, I, I played Metal Gear Solid 3 for the first time, and I, I've, I've, gone and I've, I've been killing every Russian that I've seen in the game. Of course, they were a Soviet Union back then, so it's okay. Uh, uh, fictional characters. We yes. love our Russian fan base. Yeah, well, yeah. Well, it's, it's, Sometimes. It's, it's Snake and Snake. All right, he's pretty cool. Uh, and uh, he's Big Boss. Uh, but anyways, that's just the way that I'm doing it. Uh, and I've already donated to uh, Ukrainian Refugee Fund already. And look, this is, I deal with this stuff for work. This is what I do. I deal with this stuff at liquid. That's Metal Gear Solid One, Freddy. I'm talking about. Well, three. He's just saying the best snake. Oh wow, <laughs> snake eater. <laughs> um, Venom snake. <clears throat> but that's Venom. my favorite Metal Gear. Yeah, game. yeah. But he's surprisingly. He, he's he's not the real deal. He's not the real big boss. Anyways, Look, but there, <laughs> he goes to best favorite. Damn yeah. it. Yeah. Everybody understands. There's your favorite snake, but there's the best snake. Mm. Yeah. Well. Uh, so I, I deal with this stuff for work. I, you guys know that I deal with immigration matters and a lot of uh, political asylum and things like that. So I ha- and and I come from a family that had to leave because of that reason uh, for their country. So this kind of I have more personal feelings with regards to what's going on, uh, and been trying to think about how I was going to approach this show because. I can get a little bit emotional <laughs> with some stuff. But here's the deal with regards to the sports stuff. So I'm, I'm just going to try and leave it at that. But if I ramble on and talk about... I, I could always do stupid stuff like saying Crimea <laughs> again. <laughs> and everybody just I loses honestly their thought minds. that was a legit, like, oh, here goes Charles. <laughs> for, for every person who can't say my last name correctly, with the Argentinian way, but I'm the asshole because I say Crimea... Instead of, uh, how's it said, Crimea? It's, it's Crimea. But you said Crimea River next to it, and it was like, oh my god. Because I literally thought it was River and said Peninsula. You know, guys, this is like nine years ago when everything happened. It has obviously fell on not just on my back of the brain, mm. but the entire world's brain. It only came up to be relevant uh, because now this stuff happening. Uh, I love so, I, I love the comic relief that we're getting from this a little bit. So uh, it's not ignorance either. I just can't articulate things because I'm stupid. How did I get to be an attorney? Mm. I could always do that, and Andrew could be the moral compass. Welcome back, Andrew. Yes. We've missed you. That's we realize true. that we don't yeah. get subscribers. This is a heavy true. episode for Andrew to come back in. So, um, so, anyways, I'm glad that pretty much most of the international bodies for sport have removed Russian national teams from competition because they're doing something that the majority of the international community, with regards to the world, uh, are against. And a lot of these sports they're dealing with are are against nations that are in a, affected in this sort of way. Um, so I'm I'm glad that that's happened. Uh, for me personally, I was really glad the IIHF, IIHF finally answered uh, because uh, and, and you know, hockey and and uh, Russia that's that's their sport. It really is. That's Putin's favorite sport, aside from judo. And judo also removed his uh, honorary black belt. Yeah, exactly. So judo has, has removed that as well. And and I don't know if they've done anything sort of uh, 
to remove Russian players from competition are doing the. And I really don't like the bullshit of oh they can they can play under the without the flag and not under the flag just as the players. I'm like no fuck you. This makes no like, sense. Like 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 for me it's it's a Dave Chappelle uh, thing. Why? Because fuck them. That's why. Because it's still they're still Russians. So if they go out and get gold medals and win championships and go back to their home country, they're still going to be celebrated as Russians. So it does nothing to say, oh, but they're competing as themselves. No, they're, they're still fucking Russians. They don't, that can't be taken away from mm-hmm. them. And Charles made mention of that. that does, you don't take that away from them. You know how you get to it is you punish them for the whole damn thing. You punish them for the whole damn thing. All right? And, and if they get all pissy, it was like, all right, go take it up with your boy, Putin. I agree with that. And and and, yeah. and and do something about it if you're all pissed off that you can't throw the javelin anymore. So so are you saying that private agencies are purposely, you know, blackballing Russian players so they can incite a government or- overthrow? I, I'm not saying that at all. I, I'm I'm just talking about strictly I'll, I'll the sport. Say it I, as a suggestion I'm, for devil's advocate's sake. I, I, I'm not I'm not getting into I'm trying not to get into the whole geopolitical so, sense of this. I'm just trying to keep it to the sports. Can, can I piggyback? Uh, remind me to piggyback off of something on that. And I'm not going to go into the conspiracy theory of <laughs> jokes that we usually do, but there's something I want to touch upon, but I don't want to forget it. So I'm going to let you do your thing. So, and I'm going to talk about. so there's there's that. I, I really don't believe if you're going to punish the national teams, you also punish the individual players. Um, the world tennis is like you, you, just, you just can't. They just can't compete. Just be like, oh, you guys are done. Like, your federation has been banned. You're part of that federation. Thus, you are banned. That's it. That's it. And you want to do something about it? Go take it up with your boy. Uh, With regard to the NHL, I'm going to go into the NHL now because it's a sport I care about. Um, And and this can also matter for other club sports like uh, with, like, UEFA. I, I look. The Russian players are, are, are in the NHL. I believe there are sixty in the NHL right now, and they're contracted with the teams. And I'm whatever. They're, 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 that's fine, fine. But I, I do believe that the National Hockey League, uh, for the future draft, uh, should not should have should basically if you are a Russian-born player or, or or let's say or if you're a Russian citizen let's say, Russian national, then you are not eligible for the upcoming two drafts, 2022-2023. So so now, all these young kids that were hoping that they could make the NHL, suddenly they got stuck in the KHL and the ruble's gone down and teams are backing out that are not in Russia. And look, the KHL, the KHL doesn't even make money. It's it's been propped up by by a lot of these oil oligarchs that are in Russia. It, that's the only reason why it's it's more of a nationalism thing that they're keeping that league afloat just to say, oh, we're we're up there with the NHL. No, you're not. Like you're you're definitely not. Okay, the KHL is when guys in the NHL when they can't hack it no more is when they go to the KHL. Okay. All right, you only had you only got one guy that was actually an elite player that wanted to play there, and it was Ilya Kovalchuk, and it was only because he was homesick. That was it. 
But it's not because the New Jersey Devils couldn't pay him the money. They could pay him a lot more money. Um, heck, your best player of your of your nation's entire history, Alex Ovechkin, doesn't play for the KHL. There's a reason why. Uh, so there's there's that. I, I and I and I'm, I actually wanted it to go further as well. If you're a free agent, Russian player, you're also not. A lot, no NHL team is, is not allowed to sign you in Canada or the United States. So if you're a free agent, you're not and you're, you're, you were not previously in the NHL, you can't come over. Sorry. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> and, and now we'll, and, and now some of the stuff I've seen on social media with regards to the players that are in the NHL and they're opinions as to what's going on because there's of course the whole well they're hockey players what the hell they're gonna do why do you need their opinions and there's people who are like well they need to have some of sort of opinion and there's one player that has actively been against putin and that's artemi panarin of the new york rangers who's a really good hockey player and he's made it known that he doesn't like Putin uh, and has supported the the uh, most prominent opposition to Putin, who was tried to he, who has been poisoned before uh, and was almost died uh, because of uh, Putin trying to get rid of all of his opposition. But then there's your boy, Alex Ovechkin, whose Instagram profile pic is still a picture of him shaking Vladimir Putin's hand. Oof. Use your uh, Pokemon meme. Yes. I haven't put up the Badoof one, but... Uh... <laughs> Charles. <laughs> you son of a bitch. <laughs> uh, that is incredible. I love that so much. Yeah. Unfortunately, uh, for our loyal viewers, I don't think we can show that on air. <laughs> Did you post something on the group chat? Yeah. <laughs> Because as we're talking for it, because you know the one thing that's been <laughs> oh, that's great funny. about this terrible times is the memes have been straight fire. I don't even care. All right, well, that's that's an aside to what I'm talking about. Anyways, so we're gonna go to Alex Ovechkin. He is Russia's biggest athlete of all time, and I'm gonna say that right now. Okay, he's on pace to break Wayne Gretzky's goal scored record. That's how big this guy is. And now, given the way that he has not really. He's he's made a statement about it without really making a statement about it. I don't want him to get Wayne Gretzky's record now. Wayne Gretzky was one of the guys at first that uh, he did it on NHL and TNT where he was like, no, Russian competition team shouldn't play in the IHF tournaments. Uh, so the great one is still the great one. But Alex Ovechkin, and I understand he's in a very precarious position, being the biggest but he once again, he's the biggest athlete in Russia in their entire history. Um, there, there's, of course, his whole family still lives in Russia. Uh, his wife and his kids, his parents. His mom was a prominent women's basketball player. That's why he wears number eight. She wore number eight and she won gold medal in the Olympics for the Soviet Union way back when. So it may be difficult for him to actually speak out for fear of things to go against his family well yeah i mean like look at the the that 
Chinese tennis player. Yeah. Who said that she uh, was uh, she was sexually assaulted uh, or mm-hmm. something, and then she kind of went MIA for a while. <laughs> I mean, damn! Just look at Ennis Cantor though, or Freedom Cantor. His um, yeah, well, Ennis Cantor against his country of Turkey. A- Ennis Peace or, or Freedom, whatever, whatever it's his name Freedom is. Now. Yeah, Ennis Freedom. And and basically there was that whole debacle. It was about a year and a half ago, but about him not getting visa clearance and him being stuck and what could happen. There are some countries out there, folks, that will just kill your ass. Yeah, and it's not good. <laughs> and I deal with uh, people from countries. That will just kill you. Um, so, so I understand the gravity of the situation for him and his family. Um, but I also want to state that his opinion, in a way, does matter because he's the biggest celebrity in Russia, and he is also a face in the National Hockey League and in the international community. Um, that's such a tough position to put on somebody as a player that we yeah. have no connection to right so but uh and, and look and it's and and it takes a lot of balls to do something like that and step out but we've seen athletes do it before we've seen a muhammad ali do it before mm-hmm. we've seen a lot of our tummy panarin has done it he's not as big as as alex ovechkin we've seen players neil colin kaepernick down here We've seen guys sacrifice a lot for the greater good. Or well, human being first and the player second, right? And Ovechkin has made a lot of money over his career. And Putin has done a lot of shitty things to a lot of people over his lifetime since he's been in the NHL and made all this money that his support of him becomes suspect to me, even to this day. Now, if that's changing, maybe it is. Who knows? But Ovechkin has, has been in the NHL since, what, 2004? That's about... 05 was his first year. Yeah, uh, well, 05-06. first year after the lockout. 05-06 then. Um, so that's about... 15, 16 years in the league now. And uh, it's a lo- and all with the Washington Capitals. That's a long time for you to to be here. You can you can most likely find a way to become a US citizen. I, I can guarantee you that. So I don't know. You have avenues, dude. And this is kind of a moment for you to actually step up but a lot of athletes and prominent celebrities and things like that can also be cowards as well and be in the wrong end of history so i don't know it's up to him but from here on out i don't want him to break gretzky's record so he can go fuck himself uh anyways so there's that and all right so we are at 40 minutes now. How do how do we transition out of this? <laughs> well, I, I just wanted to comment on one singular thing. Oh, that's right. Yeah, one all these thing. organizations. Yes. And it's not anything particular to like understanding this. If I don't think there's a way of going back of penalizing players and a country 
for them doing invasion in another country, wrongfully invading and everything like that. But now that you have this power, if you're going to use those positions and those determinations on something that's wrong for a country, you should also, if if you view them as a, a vessel, as a necessary tool to help make change and have an understanding, not just for a universal human rights basis, but also a state right basis of maybe you implement that too for the countries where there's a lot of stuff going on really bad and you turn your left cheek or your right cheek from that situation just because, you know, the players of the country. So how are you going to oh, I, organize I, those kind of plans when you have that in-state, in-country problems, you know, j- j- mm-hmm. any kind of ethnic cleansing, any kind of, you know, classisms that are just murdering, killing and, each other. Like, in- you institute that. Utilize that. If you're going to go on yeah. a diplomatic level, I think you should do it in-state as opposed to state versus state because it's if it's with an intent to make it better and to send a message and you're saying, hey, we want to make sure the money pockets are sweat out from these terrible people that are in lead, also implement those things too because I think that might be better. But you already took that one big step. Do not backtrack it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And of course, there's a lot of the arguments as to, like, Russia has been doing shitty things in Syria and things like that. So why hasn't mm-hmm. this been a thing? And, you know, and look, international biases and and politics and things like don't that. Pick, you know. Don't pick preferential heroism. Yeah, that, that's that's yeah. that's what it's about. That's mm-hmm. my issue. Yeah, you know, if you want to do good by this world, do good for every country. And I'm not making. Listen, anybody who's coming into this thing, we are not shitting on just what these things are doing to one particular one particular country for one particular situation. We're we're in support of it. It comes down to though, but you can do more with this platform. We've talked about this for almost four years about how important it is for platforms for athletes, yeah. but now even for organizations. And this this is the boiling point, guys. This is beyond. When we first started three years ago, the platform of Black Lives Matter, that was, I think, our, mm-hmm. our first, you know, one of our serious things with um, George Floyd's death and everything. But now, now we're on an international scale. Each, here's the thing too, each each situation is just as important. Whether or not you want to weigh it on a scale, but don't weigh it on a scale because scale always gives you a tip so that this, everything has an importance to it. Now you're going on this organizational infrastructure. Human rights is a universal thing. Go on, right? And so mm. don't fall backwards just because it doesn't involve one particular nation versus all these other nations who might not have as much influence because there's a lot of shit going on. Yeah. Okay. Um, all right. Can we end this? Do we want to end this? Yeah, we, we, can end more fun, we, right? we, we got funner things. Okay. Well, you know what we could do? I could make this into a goon MVP session. Okay. So yeah, it's a good transition. We can get from like, okay, we're, we're pissed off at this. Okay. Let's get slightly less pissy and go something like that. All right, so I'm putting the game back on here. <laughs> uh, hey, heck, I, I'm not even do like a brand new intro. Like, oh, here's the music, here's the music, everybody. Music's on, nobody can hear me, whatever. Oh, hey, what's up, everybody? This is Sports Games number 133. It's Francisco, joined by Charles and Andrew. And we're having fun today, guys. We have no serious geopolitical matters to talk about today. So, welcome, guys. How was your day? How was your evening? It's good. I had pizza for lunch. Ah, yeah. I had cake. Yeah. Had a big old slice of red velvet cake today, guys. And Andrew, how about you? How's it going? Uh, you're back from out of space. Uh, <laughs> fine. 
kind of just trying to get back to normal. Mm-hmm. He's he's kind of like Kenny on South Park, who just was gone for a whole season after being declaredly dead and just shows up. Yeah. Look, hey, Kenny's <laughs> back. Hey, Andrew's back. Yeah. Uh, That's basically me. So, uh, well, welcome back, Andrew. We, we, we miss you. We definitely didn't make fun of the Rays or UCF or anything while you were gone. Uh, I, I had a great burner on the UCF, and I don't remember what it was. Yeah, and I well, think I told us, let's remember it so Andrew can get pissy. Damn mm, it, I hate this. I forgot. I hate being old and forgetting a- things. Anyways, you're back. We're glad you're back. We, uh, we, we need your opinions. We need, to, we need to continue to try and get you to be less monochrome. Yeah, man. Oh, wait. We, I, gosh, what was the question? Oh, there's there some food questions. I had to ask them. Uh it's not in my head no more. I have to listen back to at one of the old episodes to 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 remind myself. So you created a fictional you, like a negaverse you, in that sense of um. Are, oh, it was the Coke and Pepsi one. So Andrew, are you the person that if you love Coke so much oh, that was and yours, you yeah. add, okay, it, well this is mine. So we'll start with this one. And so this is like a perfect reintroduction. Are you the person where um you only order a Coke? And they say, oh, we have this Pepsi. Do you just sneer and turn your head away? No. Well, first off, I prefer Pepsi. Mm. Okay, so if they if you ask for Pepsi and they say I have Coke, do you do like, like sneer no, and turn your head I, away? No, I, I don't. I, well, uh, yeah, I, I just, well, the first thing I ask is do you serve Pepsi or Coke? But it doesn't matter. It, it, it doesn't matter. I'll still get the Pepsi or Coke. It just, it gets my taste buds acclimated in advance to know what kind of taste oh my god he totally is francisco he's just saving face i feel so vindicated on this. okay well what what i know I, 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 well, I guess he's accusing you of being uh like slightly like mm, a little a little a little great poupon is not honey mustard we oh. we created oh I don't, andrew because... i put honey mustard on a steak if you want to hate, oh if you want to hate me for it, fucking Christ. <laughs> that's, that's that's pretty bad. <laughs> my sister was like, uh, she was not very. She just looked at me like this is not my brother. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah. Uh, what was it? Uh, we created a, a a fictional character of you since you were with us for like the last three weeks, and they always came down to food. And my whole thing was, I, I think, I think you're like. I didn't say you were like creating Gordon Ramsay air, but I think there's particularities I feel like of what need, you want. Andrew, is I don't know. Uh, we, we, I might have to make a spreadsheet for this. But <laughs> what Hispanic foods have you had? Because yeah. we've we've been we've been talking about what you haven't had, but we need to know well, where you've been. Like okay, like but, uh, but, but before we move on, I, I I need to kind of understand a little more what what Charles is saying. So you think I'm like a no, we created a fictional character. It's not that what we think. We just created a joking stand-in because it came down to food things. Uh-huh. And it started with, like, if it's spicy or not. And then I think on the show we were running the joke if you thought mayo was spicy or not. Yeah, because we says, talked about the hot honey chicken sandwich at Wendy's. Yeah. And then I said, I bet Andrew is the guy that says if he wants Coke. And they said, we just have Pepsi. You just turn your head away. And, but it's not you. It's this food creation. It's an exaggerated version of you from another yeah. dimension. Right. I got you. I mean, let me. I don't care. At the end of the day, there we go. <laughs> I have my preference. I have my preference, which is Pepsi. Mm. But as Francisco can attest, because 
well, most of the places out to go out Coke to eat is mostly Coke. I don't give a shit. Mm. Okay, so I like talking. Uh, <laughs> anyway, to answer your pieces. question, <laughs> what kind of Hispanic foods have I had? Yes. Now, uh, uh, and I'm gonna preface this. And no. I will literally drive down to Miami if I hear like chips and salsa from Chili's or anything Chili's based. Okay, I'm just no, in the car right not now. Not Chili's and not Taco I, Bell. I I I was not going to use those. Okay, I, 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 even I know that's not true. Oh, Freddie had it, Charles. Yes, yes. All right, we're all in conclusion that it was a solid eight. Yes, there we go. So yeah, I'm I'm not stupid enough to think that. Taco Bell or Chili's or listen, know. you said you ate an empanada at like Epcot. I, you you strike one. <laughs> well, first off, it was not Epcot. It was Downtown Disney. Okay. Even Second, worse, it wasn't owned by Disney. It was an independent company. Mm. It just okay. have it's it's kind of like um, they just rented the the space. <laughs> exactly, it's like like would you say that's you guys have heard Splitsville, right? Splitsville. What What do they have? It's kind of like a Bolero at uh, Dolphin Mall, where it's oh, uh, okay, yeah, where it's like food, it's bowling, but also like high class food and shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a Splitsville located in downtown Disney, but that doesn't make it a Disney company. Does that make sense? Okay. Yeah, right. you're just renting out the space. Right. So. I did have an empanada from that place, but that was probably 15 years ago. Um, I did have the whatever a Cubano with uh, pastelitos in it is. Okay. Um, did you uh, say Cubano? Cubano. Uh, a Cuban sandwich. No, no I, I know what it is. I, I'm just saying that. No, no, had... I'm, I'm confirming with oh. him. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm just saying we have on one episode two mispronunciations of two important things in this world. I thought it was Cubano. Is it not Cubano? Yeah, Cubano. There Cubano. It's the way he said it. Well, he's he's Listen, he's, he's American. He, he's in he, Miami! <laughs> all right, you're the one who said Crimea River. Charles, Charles. I'm so hurt. You're you're the guy that called me monochrome. Do you expect me to be pronouncing this shit like I <laughs> like I'm not? I, I, I thought you were gonna be like Pokemon and Evolve. I love you. It's okay. <laughs> anyway, Cubano. I know. I can't roll my R's, so you you, you got to give me a pass here. I, I, With I, regards I, I to rolling R's, better. I just say pretend you're pretending to be a, a lawnmower. Okay. <laughs> 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 um. So, yes, I've had banana. I had the cubano with the uh, pastelitos. Mm. I've had, I've had, uh, what are, have you had, ta- like, okay, tacos, like real Mexican tacos from like a Mexican establishment? No. Hmm. Francisco, what is, I forget what it's called, but. The... Does Moe's count? Does Moe's count, Charles? No, no? absolutely okay. not. All right. Because it's made differently. So yeah. with, with like Mexican, you're talking about smaller tortilla. You're talking smaller tortilla. You're talking onions. Wait, wait, wait. So does Moe's count? No. Okay. It's Chipotle. good, but no. Chipotle. 
Oh, oh hell no. There we go. That's <laughs> Chorizo. Oh, that's right. You weren't here for this, Andrew. The Chorizo really pissed off Charles. It, it's not um, real Chorizo. It's it's, it's a plant based. Yeah. Well, I've, and, I've never had Chorizo, so. Well, you're Jewish, so, right? So. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. You get a pass. So, Francisco, do you remember a few. I have two places in my mind. Mm. Uh, well, as I mentioned previously, I have had a ripus, thanks to you. Yes, okay. Um, I'll take you to a different place, okay? I'll take you to a different place. We'll go to doggies. I had, um, was, I forget what the place was or what I ate there, but it was, it was like an Argentinian barbecue place or something. Mm. Okay. All right. It had like, it had like this multi-tier like thing they brought out and was like all different types of meat and stuff. Oh, (laughs) okay. Here we go. do you remember this? We went together for this? Yes. Uh-huh. Was it... We did? Me and you? Yes. Just us or like with other people? No, it was just us. We did this? Yes. <laughs> I mean, it, it wasn't like $50 worth of stuff like like Charles said that he did up in Orlando. but So I went to a Brazilian steakhouse. So no, Wait, it wasn't I mean, that. Yeah, we still think about you every night. Argentinian. I mean, it was. What, was it in Doral? Yeah, because we don't really do like barbecue, it was, bro. It was. I think it was in Doral or close to. Uh, I don't what, remember. Why is my memories not? Is this like a? Was it? Um, what, what, what's that thing where like everybody says the Berenstein Bears, the Berenstein Bears? Was it was a thing? Oh, it's like you saw a piece of her. <laughs> you know, the Mandela no. effect. Y- the, yeah, the bigger like issue that, is yeah. that that there was an Argentinian steakhouse barbecue joint in Doral, and I never went there, knew about it. Maybe this Andrew Miami. did I'm come just from a whip myself. Dimension. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe we parked okay. I'll commit sapuco on myself. I'm just, I'm just saying Argentinian, but I don't know what kind it was. Okay, but what kind of meats did they bring us? Because I'm trying yeah. to remember this experience. It was, it was like it was like a very Thin meat in okay. little like chunks. Little chunks. Uh, man, my brain is doing overdrive. This right is better to me than our previous topic that we we're discussing for <laughs> forty-five minutes. Well, we talked about the hot honey chicken sandwich for like that much, but but I'm really trying to remember this experience. Ah, Andrew, this is gonna. I mean, obviously, me all it wasn't night. good if you guys didn't remember the name. Uh and who I, I suggested I, this place? I, what? You? Did I suggest the place to you, or was it you? Yes. Damn. All right. So, did you have chicken? We're gonna we're gonna go this surgically. Did you have chicken with it? I don't remember. I'm I gonna just, look on I Yelp. Just remember, I don't know. I just remember the steak or beef or whatever. Okay. Mm. So, have you had like boil uh, boil pachuga or la plancha, anything like that? Carne asada. We're, we're just gonna list off the foods. Well, hold on. Rewinding a second, the second place that I know of, Francisco, that mm-hmm. I remember, okay, was we went at your old place, at your old office. Right. We okay. went there with your your whole staff for your birthday. 
That was was it, the and that was located in the. There's a if you go down Forty Second, going west away from your office. Uh, was that was a Mexican place? That was Mexican. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's I, I remember the the restaurant, but. Yeah, it's in Midtown Doral. That's the, that's the area. But that was a Mexican restaurant, I think. Yeah. I don't remember what I got from there, but I did, in fact, eat there. Okay. But that was a legit Mexican restaurant, not not okay. like an Americanized one. So, yes. Yeah. Um, okay. If I, 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 I can find the place, too, because I've, I've been there a couple more times since. I'm going to look up that menu <laughs> Because I'm in. Yeah, they're killing me. <laughs> so, I can't remember that first place, Andrew, though. That's going to drive me nuts. Andrew has to go clean slate on this. Yeah. And just go back and try everything. Yeah. We can go back to so the I, same place. So. But I, I assure you, I have been to that place before. Yes. Okay. I am going to look up what that place was. But I just can't remember that first place. My God. That that is really gonna just drive me nuts, man. I, I'm well, I'm, anyway, I, I'm Charles, sorry I failed failed everyone else, but well, uh, Charles, you were mentioning other stuff, so you know, hit me. Well, okay, so what I'm taking is that the bigger question because we can't go 15 years in the past, three years in the past, six years in the past. Recently, as you went on your excursion, since we brought up your monochromeness. Have you had Spanish food? What kind of Spanish food did you have? Well, as I mentioned, I had the the Cubano with pastelitos in it. That's the only thing I've gotten to so far. Mm. All right. Because last week's episode, we had the, uh, and we'll repeat again, La Parada del Gordo, that, oh, that crushed indeed. chips burger. Oh, man. So basically, we're on, you know how sometimes there's the road to recovery and sometimes there's a road to success? We're on the road to amplify your taste buds. We're on the road to educate. So we we will bring it in where we, we've gone through in, in detail of the kind of foods you should eat, shouldn't eat, go from there. But it's time now. We will develop a taste, the zest, the quest of greatness for you. I will find okay. you places. I will buy them for you. I don't care. I want you as my on the show. So we do this because you know it's real. It's like the same thing we did with the bet for the Rays. As my treat for you for dealing with the floater bar and their upendedness, find a restaurant, wherever it is. I don't care if the meal is five dollars. I don't care if the meal is twenty five dollars. You get it. You try upon Francisco and I recommendation. I know you sent me a thing for Los Palacios and Los Hugos, but I forgot about it. <laughs> but whatever it is, we are going to encourage. We're going to encourage you in the sense it's almost as like. Um, What's that TV show where they were doing the house fixing up uh, makeover edition? You know, like, home and well, extreme home makeover edition or extreme home makeover. Except we're doing uh, extreme palette makeover, Andrew okay. edition. <laughs> so find one. It's on me. We love you. We miss you. Come into it. I, I just want to hear your reactions because we are now a food central show. We are not a sports central. It was show. It's a sports show, everyone. <laughs> 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 uh, uh, Freddie had a good one. Uh, from, from last week, uh, the quote that I made, it was like, uh, I guess we could talk about sports <laughs> or something like that. Yeah, yeah something of that nature. <laughs> now we're Major League uh, Goofballs? Yeah. Yeah, well, well, it might be Major League Goofballs because... Now we can Major, play it. Oof. 
Uh, all right, we're, we're at the one hour mark, guys, and I know I came in late, so I, I guess we can do a word from our non-sponsors, right? Let's get let's get it going. So it's people, places, things, concerts, what have you that we've been enjoying over the last week. I don't know who wants to start. Andrew, you haven't been here in a, maybe close to a month or at least three weeks. Uh, but if you want, I can go first. It doesn't matter to me. If you wouldn't mind. Okay. All right, so let's see. So let's this this last week just kind of trying to I, i've been busy guys i've been super busy with work and all kinds of stuff like it's it's been hard it's been really hard for me and, and it's just time man i, I get home and i, I just I'm, I'm tired i don't want to do anything else you know this I, i'm i'm in this confounded diet of mine okay i uh, and uh, i'm gonna uh, uh, Maybe a reverse non-sponsor here, an anti-non-sponsor. Papa John's, false advertisement for your New York-style pizza. It looked nothing like it was in the commercials. Like, I've had a New York... I've had pizza in New York City. And it, it didn't have the same consistency, not the same floppiness, not the same size. Like, your dough is not made to be that way. So you're advertising it as if... You know, oh, it's using our fresh, never-frozen dough and all that stuff. Like, your fresh, never-frozen dough does not fit the New York style pizza, I don't know, form. You, you could try and stretch that thing out, but it, it sinks back in. It can only do so much. And you, you don't have the right cheese. You don't have the right sauce for it. Like, it, it just, it was fine, right? I, I hated myself uh, during that, that time period afterwards and then really hated myself the second day afterwards too because i i could not stomach much more but yeah no false advertiser for that papa john's no no bueno no bueno i was i was very i was i was disappointed in the the form factor that you you made that pizza and it, it looked more like a slightly more stretched version of your large pizza but not a new york style pizza so now no, it's not New York style, guys. It's just a Papa John's pizza. That's maybe it's probably a large. It's a large Papa Papa John's pizza. That's all it is. That's all it is. So no. Uh, <laughs> the other thing, other thing. Well, I was playing with Doug. We were gaming. Doug's been doing a lot of gaming lately. Played with Andrew. Playing MLB the Show. Uh, and and he was like, hey, let's let's play something for Cisco. All right, I got. I, I had to renew my Xbox Game Pass thing. But my Xbox Game Pass for PC expired. My my three months for one dollar expired. So I have a twenty. I paid twenty four bucks for a six month subscription. But then I saw that I could do a one month subscription for Xbox Game Pass Ultimate for one dollar. I'm like, all right, let's do it. All right, Charles has got me to be more cognizant of deals, and that's Can't what mind. I'm doing. A dollar for a month? Hell yeah, let's do it. And this thing is ultimate. It's not just for PC, so it comes with some extra perks. If I had an Xbox, I could play stuff on my Xbox and and under the subscription. There's a bunch of games on there that I, I don't have. But hey, I don't have an Xbox. I just have the 360. But I, I get Xbox. You get one free game a month. or No, like two or three free games a month anyways with that. So I'll take advantage of that soon enough. But something I did not factor in was xCloud, which is their streaming thing. And I was like, oh, okay, this is interesting. Now I can have it on my phone. I can play 
uh, Xbox games on the go if I ever feel like it, but it's a little touchy when it comes to Wi-Fi and wireless connection. Like, uh, you're not going to get the same experience. It'll get blurry. It'll get laggy. You really, if you're going to do this streaming games, cloud gaming thing with, you know, Luna or, <laughs> you know, nobody's using Stadia uh, or, or xCloud or N- NVIDIA GeForce Now or whatever, you really do need a wired connection. And luckily, my gaming PC is wired. And I just happened to notice that I could do xCloud and play MLB The Show. So... Yeah. That's me right. and Andrew tested this out. Was it? Was he? No, two days ago. Two days ago. Uh, and let's just say it didn't go well on my end. I got spanked. What was it? 18 nothing, Andrew? Yep. I got completely spanked. Uh, Pitching-wise, I think I can do fine on a sports game like that, but it was the hitting. The hitting really got to me because it, it worked well enough. It looked pretty clear on my TV. It looked, uh, it, it looked, um, uh, it, it, it ran for the most part pretty smoothly. It wasn't choppy, but there is some latency with regards to button presses. So pitching was fine, but hitting, I, I have to, like in my brain, I have to kind of do an extra calculation for where the pitch is going so I can touch the button and then it would register the swing. Just let me like a, I don't know, point zero whatever seconds it is to, to just do it on time. And I had very few on-time swings during that game. I was either way too early or just super, super late on my swings. So certain sports games and especially fighting games, I don't, I don't even want to try fighting games through streaming. Uh, that's going to be trouble. But everything else, single-player experiences... Hell yeah. Hell yeah. I played Banjo-Kazooie, guys. I, I never owned it when it was on N64. Uh, so I never I'm got it. I'm shocked by that? Yeah, I, I was a kid. I didn't have much money, you know. Don't, I don't buy the games in the frequency that I played, that I bought them back then, Charles. I just, it's like, okay, I got Mario 64, I got Mario Party 1, Mario Party 2, Mario Party 3, Zelda, Majora's Mask, Donkey Kong 64. Like, there was only so much I could get at the time, so... I didn't get Banjo-Kazooie, but, and then I didn't own an Xbox console, so I couldn't get any of the re-releases, but thanks to Game uh, Game Pass and xCloud, I could play it, and I've been playing it now, so I've been having fun with that, and there's a few other games on there that are console exclusive, so I can't even download them to my PC that I'm going to try out as well, and I was really, I was really surprised, but at the very least, I can play MLB The Show when it comes out. I can have my fun. Andrew can lord over me because he's very happy that he ha- finally has a game that he can lord over me in. So, <laughs> but regardless, I had a lot of fun, anyways, because I it's I get to play a modern video game. You know, I'm not stuck in the past like I mostly am <laughs> with my gaming back catalog. I finally have Madden 22 now, so hey, I'm I'm, I'm catching up, guys. I'm catching up. So, uh, promo code, old geezer. Because <laughs> even when I have xCloud, I'm over here playing an N64 game. Uh, Alright, who wants to go next? Right. I'll go so Andrew can get the last call of it. Plus, mine's going to be relatively short. We've had this before. I have mentioned it before. 
I, I thought long and hard about what I was going to do. You know, I can't put in games. I can't put in Horizon, even though I'm 15 hours in. But I, I thought much on this. And even though I had mentioned this non-sponsor, like, maybe four or five weeks ago, I did the thing, guys. I did the thing. Because I have been on the Andrew List show, so not having Andrew, I have to catch him up here. I've been just trying to find the time to go get myself some chicken and waffles. Some good old chicken and waffles. And what do I like to get those chicken and waffles? At Fats in Fort Pierce. But the last several weeks, I've had court in the morning, and I haven't been able to chill in the afternoon because my schedule's been so demanding. But damn it, boys, I was not going to be denied. Because last time I was there, I had the chicken and Oreo-based waffles. I've had the chicken and Fruity Pebble-based waffles, and that was in December, so I'm remembering this stuff. It seems like every couple of months I have it. And I knew I was going to try that red velvet. And I got there, and it was like Wednesday or Thursday. I think it was Wednesday. And I was like, I was like, ooh, because, you know, I had a lot of stuff going on. I had a lot of stuff going on. But I was like, ooh, I'm local. I don't have to be in a different county. I can just stay in this county's office for a whole time. I go on that, Google. I order me some chicken with that uh, sweet red velvet waffles. I did honey hot their flavoring because we were feeling it from the Wendy's love. First off, the chicken tenders are just so good. And when I wear white for work, I don't go chicken and wings or like wings and thighs because I'm always afraid of shucking it and having the sauce hit my tie or hitting my um, shirt. With with tenders, I can just cut it with a fork. It makes life easier. I'm sorry. I'm a delicate person. What can I say? I'm also very vain and image driven. But that flavor of the wings was just so good to get three fat tenders. But the red velvet um, waffles, I sent you guys a photo. I felt like the photo did not do a disservice because of how red it was. It looked like it was the background on the wrapper. I'm getting hungry thinking about it now. My mouth's watery. It was so sweet. It was so good. It was not sturdy like a waffle ought to be, but I think that's because of the batter that's used for that. But man, ooh, it was delicious. I don't know if I love it more than the Oreos, but I know I love it more than the Fruity Pebbles. I will say the Oreo waffles is very heavy. So that's a difficulty. Um, like, you know, Papa almost tapped out on it. I did not tap out on that waffle. And how I did it was I went tender, waffle, tender, waffle. And on the final tender, I used the syrup. Just give it even a sweeter consistency. I love fats. I love JoJo's. I'm not going to pick them. It's like picking children, except they're twins. You can't pick twins differently, right? It's not the equivalent of going to Little Caesar and getting their Batman calzone, which I'm seeing on my screen right now instead of uh, Papa John's. But when I know I want that, and it will always be chicken and waffles. Here's the funny thing. JoJo's and fats do different things. I can't compel myself to deny God's sweet kiss on my lips. I always, as with JoJo's, I always have to get the wings and fries. And with fats, I always have to get the chicken and waffles. And there's a cinnamon toast swirl. And I'm not too crazy about it, but I got to try it. I got to do it. I got to do it. I, my life goal, yeah. not to be a judge like other lawyers are, not to become politician or president like other people are, or win the lotto, though I would like the lotto, or become a professional wrestler and inherit the WWE from Vincent Kennedy McMahon or AEW from Tony Khan. My life goal is to have the same reaction of glorious, just glorious bliss. Being on Cloud9 the same way that the food critic, I think his name was Anton, was in Ratatouille when he tasted the Ratatouille. 
and it brought back the dreams or the um, memories of his mother making Ratatouille at the hard day at school because he got picked on. That's my life goal. I want that single moment of cloud nine sensation. I've never been more envious in my life than that. Because what do I always tell you guys? You don't take your stomach with you when you die. Look at that Oreo mm. freaking waffle on your screen. Look at them wings. Mm. Fats, I love you. I love you. Promo code love. Yeah. Bravo is so good, guys. <laughs> That's soul food right there. That, is, that is real soul food. That is legit soul food. My god. Look at it. I'm just, I'm just I'm just scrolling by here. Look at all that powder on those on those waffles there. I wish I could eat shrimp again. I really do. Oof. Just Oof, I haven't that. even man, if they did a combo of sh I don't know about shrimp waffles, but if you had shrimp chicken and waffles. And mind you, my fat ass would just order it as a side. I like shrimp <laughs> as an appetizer, yeah. 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 Oh man. I, I this is why I can't go to a doctor because I'm literally afraid of them doing the whole blood scales. I'm like, bro, what are you putting in your body? I'm like, but I work out. What do you put in your body? <laughs> I'm telling you, it'll be just like the always sunny episode where Dennis goes, I'm gonna get you on my oh diet. My God, plan. Yeah. You're on the verge of having a heart attack, really. I haven't even begun to peak. Oh my god. Uh Okay. Andrew, you're up, my dude. Well, I mean, as annoying as it was having to take this stupid bar exam again, um, I have to I have to give props and credit to the Hamilton Inn in Ebor City, which is the uh, the hotel that I stayed at for the duration. It's quite a nice hotel. It's it's cheap compared to Hampton, right? Hampton Inn. Hampton Inn, yeah. Okay, all right. It's cheap compared to the other nearby hotels because they mark up their prices severely. Uh, whenever the bar is in town, because they can, um, the reception is very nice. Staff is very nice. Uh, didn't spend a lot of time there, obviously, but it was still a nice experience. That's where I was the last time I was in Tampa. Um, their breakfast options leave a little bit to be desired, but I'm not complaining. It's uh, free hot food in the breakfast, which is a godsend when you're trying to save some money. <laughs> When you're staying in Tampa for all those days. Um, so yeah, Hampton Inn, Ybor City. Uh, you know, if you for some reason are going to Tampa, I would kind of recommend going there if you're looking for something cheap. Let me say this, though. Can I, uh, well, promo code. Uh, promo code Double Decker Parking Lot. <laughs> All right, uh, but can I can I do an anti sure, non sponsor? Of course. So my anti non sponsor is budget rent a car. Oh, oh boy, here we go. I, yeah, I've had okay experiences with them, but I know I think where he's going with it. So budget rent a car. I use the location at the Miami International Mall. 
because it was cheaper and it was close to my house. I wanted to get out early in the morning because I had to be in Tampa by 3.30 in order to pick up my badge uh, to enter the exam. So I was planning on leaving around 9 a.m. You know, I'd get there about quarter till in the morning, obviously, on Monday. I'd get there about quarter till 9 a.m., pick up the car, uh, go back really quickly to uh, put all my stuff into the car, and then I'd be out and on the road by 9.30 or something to that effect. So I'd be there by about 1 o'clock. So I could check into my hotel, grab a bite to eat. You know, it's a it's a long drive. It's a four hour drive from from uh, from Miami to Tampa, and a lot of that drive is just out in the middle of nowhere. Um, so that was the hope, and that was the plan. So mm, Monday morning, about eight o'clock. I'm up, I'm getting ready to pack everything. I'm thinking, all right, we're, we're getting ready to go on a road trip here. I get a call from the budget and they say, hi, so we don't have any cars right now. Yep. Uh, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I've had yep. that happen. We, we don't have any cars right now. Um, How the hell do you not have cars? You know, we, we, we might be getting some in around 10. I'm like, no, I should be a quarter of the way to Tampa by the time a car gets in. This what is... a terrible way to start your bar journey. But everybody oh, has wait, a bar oh, start, oh, right? Wait, Isn't wait, that what Ruiz says? I'm, I'm turning this, thanks to them, I'm turning this into a whole, I'm going to do a whole thing on this. I'm, I'm going, I'm going. Sit back and relax. Um, so... I get there at quarter till anyway, quarter to eight. I'm I I am determined. My mom went with me because it's it's tough enough going by yourself to the bar, but it's it's even it's incredibly difficult. It's tough when you have to do it for three days instead of two. So you know, she drove me and stuff like that. Brought me food because they didn't allow. They didn't have. The thing where you could eat inside of the convention center this time everyone had to leave so the logistics were just out of whack this time so we're we're sitting there like all right we're gonna be first in line whenever the first car gets here i don't care if it's a fucking fiat 500 we're taking the we're taking it and we are on the road so it's not and i get there no cars I'm still sitting there. It's like nine o'clock. Still oh, no gosh. cars. Oh yeah. Um, eventually a car comes up. It's a uh, Volkswagen Passat. Uh, I'm like, great. This is exactly the size car we're looking for. We have we have a lot of luggage. We we want to be comfortable. We've done a three hour drive in a Fiat before. It is not comfortable. I would highly not recommend that. Um, no, serious. That's a, that's a, that's an anti-non-sponsor as well. Three hour road trips in a Fiat 500. <laughs> Andrew uh, coming out with the Uzi, man. He's been, he's been indiscriminate it in. with the clip. There we go. Petty. So 
waiting there. Finally, the, the Volkswagen comes up. The previous uh, driver, occupant, what have you, goes right in. Um, he's like, all right, here's the car. Uh, you know, didn't vacuum shit or anything, which, all right, fair enough. I mean, you can't really expect the you expect the budget you expect the the drive you expect the place to have a car available for you all clean ready to go sanitized in this sanitized in this covid world or even in pre-covid you're you don't want to car andrew i want to ask you reserved it right you reserved yes yeah that's the thing that's what sucks (laughs) i i reserved it several days in advance not even like the day before i reserved it several days in advance um so we're waiting we're waiting we're waiting finally get the car um and the i unfortunately had to get the insurance because apparently my insurance doesn't cover liability for the other vehicle or shit like that so it's an extra which doesn't make sense because all rentals have insurance on their own thing and florida's what pip so yeah i mean they would have to sue you but that this is me being a lawyer go ahead yeah hit them with the so so anyway so yeah i get the insurance it's an extra 60 bucks down the drain that sucks um but it is what it is you know, I'm driving around in an unfamiliar city where the traffic patterns are shit. Um, it's like, I, I, I don't want to deal with that. I, I just don't want to. I'm just going to let budget deal with it for me. And that'll be that. So we're driving. We're driving. Very good. Uh, we finally make it. Uh, we show, we go straight to the convention center first because thanks to them, <laughs> I wasn't able to get my car at 9 a.m. Uh, I think we got on the road by like 10. So we were, we were at least 30 minutes behind, um, which great start to the morning. So we get there. Now I put the the rental car and the hotel on my credit card because that's just the way to go. So you don't get all these extra fees and shit. And the points. Well, yeah, I wasn't so worried about the points. I was more about just not having to pay extra money. So, and I budgeted out correctly. I was going to have X amount, X amount of money left over between the rental car and the hotel. The, the extra money for the the uh, the extra money for the 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 in car insurance you know that kind of threw a spanner in the works a little bit but it was still gonna work and so I had it budgeted down perfectly I was good to go you know if there was some extra I could put it on my debit card but the vast majority would be anyway so I show up to the hotel and they say that my card has been declined. I'm like, what? What's going on here? I had enough money. So I whip out my phone. And I say, excuse me, uh, fine uh, woman at the front desk. Let me go check what's going on here. So I check my 
credit card app, uh, the my bank app with my credit card. Apparently, and I was not told this by the person at budget. Oh, the hold. They hold they put the an money. Extra two hundred right. dollar hold. That's right. They always do that. If you I use debit. Like that. Yep. I thought Enterprise did that. No, all. Of I them never do had that. that issue of budget. I, all of them do that, Charles. Believe me. Two hundred dollars. On a already a two hundred and sixty dollar reservation on the car, right? So it that completely throws everything that completely throws any sort of budgeting i had out the window i'm not exactly yeah. expecting 200 extra dollars on my credit card so i'm sweating because a i'm nervous as hell where am i going to stay tonight if i can't afford to get this hotel not to mention that it it's it's Tampa. Enough said. It was like eighty degrees and humid as fuck. So it's it's always like you're walking in a. It's always like you're just walking in a swimming pool. But then I'm just getting really pissed off because between the being an hour late, basically, and having to deal with this shit, and I called the the budget number i'm like what's going on here and he said oh we have a 200 dollars hole that'll come back to you in three to five days um like I, I tried to be really nice to the gentleman because he works at budget national it's not his fault that no one told me about this and bear in mind i don't rent cars that often so it's not like it's something that i can expect I, I don't rent hotel rooms that often, but I know that you're going to get some extra fees and you just not to take that, that quote on face uh, at face value. But to, but even with hotel rooms, the fees are relatively minor compared to the cost of the room. We're looking at like nearly doubling the cost of the rental with with the car rental so i'm trying to be nice and he he's basically in customer service lingo basically saying tough shit uh i'm like well shit <laughs> so luckily i was able to find a way to pay enough of the money so i was able to get into the hotel room so i was not homeless going into the bar exam Thank God. Uh, but still, that was not exactly the best way to start off my bar week. Um, oh, and, and and bear in mind, sorry, going back a little bit. So when I did pick up the car, they did the uh, bare minimum job of sanitizing the thing. It was just this guy goes out with like a, like a, a rag. <laughs> a Lysol can or whatever a, a rag like one of those like you know how janitors yeah. have like this plastic yeah. squirt bottle with some mysterious pink liquid in it yeah the way so you uh, walk down a table at the exactly, restaurant exactly exactly so he goes out the to the car rag. 
And it's, he goes out to the car with the rag and the mysterious pink liquid. Oh, God. He's out there for like 10 minutes, maybe, and he comes back, and supposedly the car is all clean. There's still like remnants of the fact that there was another human in that car previously. It's not like they vacuum out and stuff, and who knows how clean it was, but I didn't care. I was getting to Tampa as soon as possible. Um, so that was fun. <laughs> so, and I, I double checked the contract, the rental contract. I, I could have sworn I did not see an extra $200 here, but they, no one told me there was a $200 hold. So, yeah. <laughs> not exactly the best way to start the weekend yeah. and not to mention that the first day of the bar was its own sort of issues because no one told me what room I had to be in to take the exam so because I was testing in a different room than the you know general population yeah um so no one told me what room I was going supposed to go to so I'm like running around the convention center looking for anyone to help me, but the only people who were available were the security people, and they didn't know shit, which, not their fault, their job is to man the... the... Uh, the, door. Those <laughs> the, the... Man the door, man the security checkpoint, man the metal detectors. Their job is not supposed to be directing people to where they need to go. So I'm looking desperately for anyone and their mother from the bar examiners to say, hey, you're supposed to go here. No one was there. So I'm, like I said, I'm running all over the place. I'm sweating like a pig. Um, eventually I find my way. But by the time I get there, the exam had already started by about five minutes. So, I mean, good news. Oh, and not to mention... Not to mention, thanks to me running around and kind of like climbing under things because I didn't want to have to wade through a sea of people when I didn't need to, my badge falls off somewhere. This this is, oh my God. This is so, like the Murphy's Law of Bar Exam. Oh my God. Yes. So my, my badge is somewhere. So I'm like well, what do I do? I don't know if I can get a, uh, a temp badge or something. So I'm running back up, retracing my steps, which as you guys have seen, it's not a giant convention center, but it is a decent size. So I'm running all over the place. I'm like, oh shit, where is it? Shit, 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 shit. Uh, eventually I see someone from the bar examiners and I say, look, I have an exam starting in 10 minutes. I don't know where my badge is. I don't know where I'm supposed to go. Please have mercy on me. So luckily they said, all right, let's get you a temp badge. So they do. And luckily, thanks to my superior memory, I was somehow able to remember what my applicant ID was and some random number on the back of my badge, which ended up being what room I was supposed to go to, but they didn't tell me what that number meant. Um, it just says it had my, it's like applicant ID, da, 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 and then it was just number 12. I'm like, okay, does that mean I'm 
like go in door 12 or something. I don't know. No one tells me what that means. So it turns out that's the room number I was supposed to go to, but no one told me that. So luckily I remembered what those numbers were. So that was able to expedite the process a little bit for them finding where I was supposed to go and making a, a temp badge for me. So yay, that helps. But still, like I said, I get into the exam and that's entering the room. That's not including having to sit down, get my fingerprints done, having to sign all the shit, uh, turn on my computer, turn on Examplify, download, or I already downloaded the exam, but all that stuff, the process begins like 10 minutes after go. This, this is oh my god <laughs> in some ways in some ways this was good because now essays as i've told you guys essays are my weakness they always have been they always will be until the end of time but i am so nervous and rattled by the fact that i am 10 minutes late to a gigantic exam that I didn't know where I was. I'm sweating balls because I've been running around the convention center. It kind of took my mind off the whole thing. And I'm like, it really cannot get much worse than this, I don't think. Good, good news is it didn't. That was the worst of the weekend. I'm like, it's like, okay, so I almost didn't get a hotel room. I'm an hour late to driving to Tampa the other day. And now I don't know where I'm supposed to take my exam. It was a comedy of errors. It it would make it would make uh, the Stooge brothers proud of just how much wrong happened in such a short amount of time. But it all went well. I finished the exam, which was tough in of itself because it was thanks to accommodations, which I needed, by the way, I'm not complaining, but it was instead of the typical eight, uh, instead of the typical 12 hours over two days, it was 24 hours over three days of testing. So that of in itself was kind of its own little marathon of wow, this is tough. I am very tired. Um, and then not to mention that the night before the final uh, portion, I believe, before the final part of it, I find out that Russia has invaded Ukraine. So like, great. So I'm going to take this exam, maybe become a lawyer, and I will immediately get nuked to hell thanks to World War III. Joy. So um, is it terrible to say that your entire couple days just seems like an episode, a Kramer-centric episode of Seinfeld? Or am I the only one who just heard the Seinfeld theme song when he put up the very ending of, and then I find out Russia invaded Ukraine? I don't know. I've never seen it, Seinfeld. So. What? <laughs> Y'all get on me about the Sandlot. <laughs> Y'all get on me about this. Andrew, you're Jewish. <laughs> Wow, <laughs> is, that, is that that's literally that question? So we should know the lyrics to Macarena because they're Spanish. Well, yeah, <laughs> I I do not know the lyrics. I know the fucking dance though. Yeah, I don't even know this. I don't know the lyrics either. I just know Macarena. Okay, 
I'm a kapi, a kapi, But anyway, so. Macarena. It. I ended up surviving. Yay! I'm I'm here today to do this show, which is a testament to the fact that I actually did survive. Um. God, I don't hope I don't have to do that again. Um, and if I do, I God, I hope it doesn't go that poorly again. Because I, okay, actually, I would, I might wish that on my worst enemy. But still, I, <laughs> there's not a lot of people I would wish that on. Um, I mean, I would probably wish that on Vladimir Putin. But even still, that it would. I, I have a story to tell uh, for the rest of my life about how I got to <laughs> the February 2022 <laughs> bar exam and somehow survived the whole ordeal. Um, yeah. How was your week? <laughs> <laughs> well, dude. I mean, I, yeah. We're, 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 we're all feeling it. You should rechange this episode from Sad Depressive episode to Going Through It. Yeah. Oh, so you guys want to talk about baseball? I want to qualify all this by mm. saying my week, as bad as it was, is nowhere near as bad as the week as some people have had. I, I'm mm. not saying, like, you know, oh, pity me, you know, oh, poor me. It's more funny than anything with looking back at it. Um, Certainly a lot worse things have happened to many people in the history of people. Um, I'd say in the grand scheme of things, this was pretty minor. But it would make for a good Seinfeld episode, now that you mention it. I just know it's a bunch of pratfalls and shit and, you know, you know, no. really. Seinfeld's not a pratfall show. Not, not pr oh, like okay. bad scenarios. Oh, I okay. Mean. All right. Yeah. 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 Wrong terminology. Or sometimes people just it's it, your your situation is a mixture of Kramer and Costanza. It's not a Jerry <laughs> thing. It's not a Jerry thing whatsoever. And maybe a little Elaine. Maybe a little Elaine. But I, I would say it's a Kramer Costanza effect. Yeah. Uh do you guys want to talk about baseball? <laughs> yeah, let's talk about baseball. Yeah. Okay. So there's no deal. So Der I thought you were going to start with the most heartful thing for you, the most painful thing. Well, all right, fine. Who cares about no baseball? Uh, well, we call that okay. On the video version of this, I have and I, I have the Yankees versus the Marlins on MLB Twenty One the show because there's some pertinent stuff that happened. So uh, Derek Jeter is a false prophet. Everybody, I renounce um, everything I said about him in the last shut your mouth four years of our again. show, almost four years now. I renounce everything about him. Uh, he was he was a Yankee uh, trash that couldn't hack it here in Miami. Okay, All right. And so oh, okay, Mister Uzi. I guess Andrew lent you his. Goddamn. <laughs> and so you know, with his little Players Tribune, his little journal, right over there, all about his feelings. Oh, oh, they weren't in the same vision as mine. Okay, Derek. Okay. I'm, I'm glad you got shot in the other guys. <laughs> I knew you were going to go. <laughs> you know, that, that's fine. 
Okay, maybe A-Rod is right. Maybe A-Rod is right. <laughs> uh, A-Rod was right. You weren't. He, he, A-Rod was right when he was saying, oh, Derek Jeter is with a, a good team and he's not as good as, as, as A-Rod was. Yeah, A-Rod's right. Yeah, A-Rod was more talented than you. Okay, you didn't deserve all that money. Maybe all the stuff people are saying about your defensive metrics are true. And they actually are because I watched a, uh, a video about that uh, on YouTube recently. You know, yeah, you you stayed enough long enough to maybe Brian Cashman should have traded you or let you go. Maybe that should have happened towards the end of your career. You know, maybe you didn't deserve to spend your entire career there. Going for the jugular right? here, because because wow, you're, you're not committing to the. And I t I said this on the freaking uh, fish in a farm podcast. The Marlins' job is probably the hardest job in baseball. Because of all the shit we've been through, and Derek, you, you, you came in. A... You came in here trying to tear down walls, firing Jeff Conine, getting rid of uh, uh, Rich Waltz as 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 the as the main. Do you have a portrait guy. of David Samson in front of Jesus? Oh no, fuck that guy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> fuck David Samson. I started Marlins History Twitter account. He was the yeah. I I, I blocked him when I started that account. I didn't want him to involve himself there all right our our our, our boy junk carl stanton goes away you traded him for peanuts okay oh we got garrett cooper he's fine but i just couldn't hack it anymore man what what are you gonna do now oh you're gonna go back to your little private island in tampa and enjoy your life with your family Ugh. whatever can, man can i defend biracial jesus uh, biracial mm, i don't know about jesus no more False profit. Well, listen, as a player on a shortstop, maybe not the greatest shortstop in the game, but definitely top five. Um, so sometimes this is what happens when you have players who try to go right. into a big not profession. Right. Remember, Jeter did not get any development out of it. Hmm. He was just hired because he was the human meat shield to Miami because there was so much that he wasn't hired. Face. He bought in. He bought in. Okay, but he bought in, but on the presumption to be the face and then the human bodyguard, to quote Dan Levitard, the human meat shield for the true primary owner of it. The guy bought in with, like, a small 10% fund with, like, a group of people. That's, like, how Magic Johnson used to be, like, I own the Dodgers, but you have such a small effect to it. The only difference is they did in-person promotion as a both manager and, you know, part owner. So it's kind of like, hey, I'm doing this, but I'm really getting paid – by being administration, but he didn't have all the final say. It was Kim. I don't know how to say her last name. Kim Ang. Kim Ang. Okay, because I, I messed up already once. I ain't gonna get caught on that stray. Like everybody wants to hit me, like a goddamn fifty cent. Shoot me nine times, please. Um, Kim Ang, but she's gonna get the whole facilitation of things. So, come come home, come home, Derek. Cashman needs you, and I need a I need a replacement at Cashman. I'm just saying, because really? I'll tell you now, the best you thing about Derek Jeter to be your GM now. Yeah, you want to why? Because mm. the best thing about Derek Be Jeter being the GM was we benefited off of Jeter being the GM to the Marlins. No, 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 no. Well, you know, yes? Derek, Derek Jeter. Derek Jeter is me when I'm playing all my video games. He wants to play on easy mode just so he can see experience the story. That's all he wants to do. Okay. But this ain't easy mode, man. This is hard mode. Yeah, but all right the trades we took the from Marlins, you guys. Marlins are, 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 the Marlins are Elden Ring right now, dude. Okay? You're going you're gonna to mess up a lot. 
It's going to be really hard, but the payoff is worth it at the end. Right? This is the Yankees, the easy mode. Oh, let's just spend money to get this guy. Let's just do that and just be easy for everybody. Nah, you got to be smart. You got to be smart here in Miami to turn this thing around. It, it's, it's hard. And I look, I, obviously being this is an exaggerated version of myself, Marlon's job is really hard. It really sucks. Baseball is as low as it can be down here. I, it's it's a Herculean effort to try and turn around the Marlins right now. But you know what gives me hope? You know what Derek Jeter couldn't see with his own two eyeballs, right? He he couldn't see the the process. The right, the process. He didn't have any respect, right, with the backwards S being a two for the process of going through all this. I mean, we got Giancarlo Stanton. Right. They say it, so. trust the process, like in Philly. That that's all fraudulent. Frauds. Right, the, the Marlins. What what gets me is it can happen. You know why? You know why it gives me hope because the Florida Panthers are going through right now because the Panthers but, were awful. But let me ask you this, Mister Raging um, Yo Crusade. Miami is it four years. Isn't yeah, Raging Miami Sports four years. Isn't four years enough when you get sick of a GM nah, anyway? Nah. That, that's a give or take. I mean, nah. even. Baseball's kind of weird, though, but, because but Billy thing Bean is, I has been a GM for so long. I would have understood if he was like, all right, I'm a piece out of being the CEO. He was a CEO. He wasn't the GM. But of uh, being the CEO of the Marlins, but I'm going to hang around and and, and be, basically like Dan Marino with the Dolphins, just hang around, you know, you know kind of do the easy part of the job. You just show up, shake some hands, be like, all right, like, I really, really like this Alcantara guy, you know? And that's it. Only a little 4% stake. But he pieced out completely. Now, of course, there's the other thing where possibly Derek Jeter had a bit of a personal conflict with being a former player and now being an owner and the issues happening with the MLB lockout. And this is how we're going to segue into talking about this. Because Derek Jeter, there's some guys that are still playing that he played with. And maybe in his conscience, he was like, guy, maybe he's still a player at heart, possibly. And he didn't want to be part of this. That could also be it. Maybe he just didn't want to be a part of this, this, this whole thing. And maybe he didn't like what we were seeing in the background with the negotiations with the owners. Because the owners haven't really been negotiating in good faith. Because we've had all of this time. From the end of the World Series to now to try and get a deal done. And the owners only until yesterday where they had the whole little marathon and Bob Nightingale was becoming a hero to everybody. uh, Staying up late to report on everything. Only until last night were they actually getting serious about getting something done. So possibly Derek Jeter was like, no, you guys suck. I don't like you guys. I don't like this this owner's club here. And he peaced out because of that reason. Come back home, Derek. So... That could also be it. And so now we are here, guys, with the owner situation. Andrew, there's a lockout going on. I don't know if you noticed. <laughs> oh, wow. Really? Yeah. Uh, there's no baseball now that you're out of your 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 little hidey hole spell there. I, I am I am so I'm so surprised. I'm so shocked. So yeah. So we're gonna get opening day has been canceled. That's already been announced. And we'll see if further games are canceled. And they probably will be. Because players are pissed right now. They've already said they're canceling the first two series. Here we go. So there we are. 
All right, boys. Uh, let's see. We are at. Let's see. Um, we are at the. Where are we? I'm trying to. Where's the time here? I think we're at the two hour mark. Yeah, we're we're basically an hour forty eight minutes. We can discuss this a bit and then we'll we'll move on. But what what's your guys thoughts right now about baseball and then just like hey? <laughs> I mean, baseball's dead after the Atlanta Braves won the World Series. There's yeah. no hope. Darkest you know, timeline. right? Yeah. yeah, darkest timeline. It happens for you and because my yeah, paralegal's a Braves fan. So, you know, <laughs> for him, he doesn't want Freddie Freeman to come to the Yankees. So this is a good ending to the professional sport that everybody's loved since they were children. F it. Uh, you know, I mean, I, I think with the, and I'll keep it short because I haven't looked as much into what the MLBPA was looking for, but it's something that we've talked about for the last three years since this was on notice. But for the owner's purposes, I bet they wish this lockout happened right when COVID starts so they can be in the bargaining position because you can't tell me that you weren't able to go through almost three seasons of COVID and not be able to make profits, you know, to get back anything. And they tried. They, they tried, tried hard. Yeah, they tried. They tried real hard. Yeah, they tried to get and something going. They, they should have wished that this was, you know, the first era of COVID time when the lockout came in. It was just bad timing. Fire Manfred, Marcus Stroman said the best, or Marcus Stroman said the best. It's not going to happen because human meat shields all around. And then when it comes to the players, um, you know, this is just my thoughts on it. Find a way to break out that terrible, terrible negotiating concept of arbitration because, you know, it's the only thing that's practiced in the sport, right? In all the other sports. I don't think hockey has it. We know football doesn't have it. Baseball doesn't have it. It's a way of, you know, being drafted so early kids are getting drafted out 18 and the difference between NBA and hockey is that you can come out 18, 19, make a crap ton of money. Whereas you're 18, 19 stuck in a very heavily regulated minor league. That's dead getting paid peanuts. And you're only going to get more. You're going to get peanuts with a cup of water, you know, whatever deals they're going to try to give it to you. So find a way to take care of the future generations. Isn't that what you want? And also, the only other thing I can comment on is like Jesus Christ, Brian Cashman, give me other pitching. That's it. That's all I got for you guys. All right, Andrew, how about you? Fuck the owners. <laughs> yeah. Very concise. That, 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 that clip. Man, Andrew, he's been waiting. He's been waiting to, to unleash that, that fury. Okay, and... Can you guys still hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Yes. Well, we heard that loud and clear. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, I, I, I should expand a little bit. So, you know, thank God for Jeff Passan and all the journalists who are uncovering what the owners are doing because... You know, it's for so long, and I can't say, you can't say you, you can't blame the owners for doing this because that's what they are supposed to do. <laughs> They're supposed to make as much money for themselves. It's kind of how things work. But... I'm glad for once that the word is getting out there that the, the, this is not a both sides thing. You know, they've, the owners have tried to make it that for ever. 
they want it to be, oh, the players are negotiating in bad faith. Um, you know, they don't really want to do this. They're, they're so much they're doing. And the reality is the players just want to get paid reasonably. Um, you know, it's, you can't blame them for looking out for themselves when they're just mere, when I think I read it that only like X amount of players get any, get a million a year. The majority of them are like 600,000 and such. It's like, yes, that's a lot of money, but when you compare it to the billions that these owners have, it's not that much, especially when you're looking at how much the average player is making. And so this is, it's really a, not a both sides issue. I hate that the owners are trying to make it that way, but like I said, that's their, that's what they have to do. They have to make it seem like it's a both side. It's, it's the player's fault. And by extension, you end up having a situation where it is a both sides thing, but I'm glad that Passon and crew are helping us realize it's really not. Uh, I mean, and if there, if you need any sort of hard proof that it's the owner's, doing this they waited 43 days from the lockout when they create when they made the lockout to make any sort of an offer 43 days they supposedly the two sides supposedly made so much progress in one week can you imagine what kind of progress they could have made with an extra 43 days <laughs> that's oh that's one and a half months. Yeah. If they made so much progress in one week, how much could they have done in six? Not to mention the, so you add the six weeks on top of how many other weeks they had, this gets done. And I, I applaud the players for finally standing up. Ever since they keep getting raw end of the deal with all these CBAs ever since 19, well, really going back even further. But the owners keep making more and more money. The owner or the players are getting less and less, and they're getting treated like shit. This whole the whole uh, time manipulation stuff. Yeah, that's the big one. That's a big one. Yeah. Like, it, it, I don't fault the players in the slightest here. And I know I've heard people, they were crying that baseball was postponed. I wouldn't necessarily say it was crying about it. I'm disappointed. Yeah. I, I mean, I honestly think the season's too long anyways, but that's just me. I have right. my own ideas for baseball. To, to better it, but you know we don't have time to talk about that right now. Right. So, I I 
I would be fine with the season being canceled if the players finally get a deal that is at least in some way beneficial to them. Because right now the owners are giving them mm. shit. They're giving them table scraps. That's that's going to be really hard, right? Like, because was it the '94 season? It was a strike, and there was the player basically reaching the player reaching them like, okay, we can't keep taking this, and we're just going to just stop the finally just to make the ultimate decision with that. And then even then, the '95 season started late because of it, and then. You have the other thing where it's like the NHL lockout and, you know, baseball got saved by the home run race, but the NHL was struggling for mm. for a while. They were on the outdoor life network, for God's sake. Nobody was nobody major was carrying them. And Major League Baseball, I mean, like they have all this. They're they're at a crossroads. This is a crossroads right now for baseball between uh, generations of people and it's not helping out in certain heck it's not helping out here in Miami <laughs> because Marlins aren't a good team and and now that now they're missing and it's like well, does anybody even really care down here so there's a lot of issues going on like some teams will be safe the Yankees will be safe the Dodgers will be safe the Red Sox will be safe but other franchises it's going to be it's it, this will affect them. The A's, are they going to be safe? Are they going to stay in Oakland? The Rays, are they going to be safe? Are they going to stay in Tampa? If, you know, with, uh, is, there, is there going to be fan apathy to to lose an entire season? It's just like, you know, screw the Rays, screw baseball, we're just done. And then they're forced to move someplace else? You never know. So this is bad. Things are... Ooh, any, they would have to do some massive PR blitz and try to promote players in the way that NBA promotes their players, even the NFL does, to try and get people to like baseball again, like the personalities of baseball. But baseball is hard because they, they don't really like to promote their personalities much, Not at least not since. I remember back in 98 and, heck, that 98, 99, whatever, that era of baseball, the late 90s, early 2000s, where it's like, hey, I, people knew who these guys were. They knew Sammy Sosa, Mark McGuire, and of course Jeter and A Rod and Nomar and all these guys had personalities. Kyle Ripken Jr., Tony Gwynn. But I don't know. It, it's different now. So we'll see. Uh, let me check the time, guys, because it, it's it's late here, and yeah, we're about to hit that two-hour mark. So Charles, you said you had a cage ready to go. I don't know how long it'll be, but you know. Fine, I guess. Welcome to your weekly True Black the Cage with Charles. Full disclaimer, wrestling is not fake. It is scripted. It's a stage fight. It is a big old song and dance, even though people tend to say it's not a ballet. Sometimes there's flippy, flippy, and hoardy, hoardy that make it into a ballet. Remember, wrestling is about what? Chasing championships, establishing legacy, qualifying, quantifying your existence on this world as... Also, it's about Charles suffering because Vincent Kennedy McMahon does things that aggravate me. He also does things that make me love him. It's a very toxic relationship. I've never had anything like it before in my life. And even though in the chat I said, hey, it's a very AEW-centric card, 
And it is a W-Centric card. They have Revolution, which I believe is this weekend. You can get it on Bleacher Report. Don't buy it off of Amazon, for the love of God. Don't buy it off of Amazon. You know what's going to happen when you buy it off of Amazon? There's going to be a hold. And you're not going to be able to watch it. <laughs> and you're going to be sit there for an hour and a half Budget wondering what the Amazon hell getting hit is going right on. With those holds. <laughs> and it just gets you so much. And I understand why they don't even have a disclaimer into it. Is Charles going to get Revolution? I don't know. We're, I'm kind of thinking, yeah. And I'm kind of thinking, no. And I'm kind of like, 50 bucks is a lot of money. And I'm kind of like, but I did get my tax return last week and I get paid this week. So it, it's kind of, mm, mm, it, it, it'd be tough. It'd be tough. But I liked the last pay per view I had, which was full gear. Do I like the car that we have here? I don't know. So. I'll go with the AEW predictions for the pre- for the pay-per-view because I'll keep it short. And then I got to talk about the one thing Vince McMahon. And I'm watching NXT right now as we speak. We'll recap that next week. Right now it's Pete Dunne versus Carmelo Hayes from North American Championship. Obviously Carmelo's going to win this, but it's a good match so far. Um, since we started the show late, I was able to kind of watch it. You know, as we're going, I didn't want a game or anything of that nature. So Revolution, as you know, AEW has their pay-per-views like only four times a year. They should really go to six. I think six is a strong number to do and then in the future to go with eight because you can have special events on the tv shows like dynamite and rampage however commercials just kill everything picture and picture kills everything I, I can't get behind it half the time so let's go down the list we have hangman adam page versus adam cole bay bay for aw world championship Britt baker versus thunder rosa those names sound familiar right because i gave them a spotlight last year when they had the no the lights out no sanction match um, beating the holy hell out of each other, which left Britt Baker just bloody mess. And Thunder Rosa won that match. Well, they're going for the AEW Women's World Championship. You have a triple threat for the tag team titles of, that was a cool move by Carmelo Hayes, Jurassic Express, which is Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus, versus Red Dragon versus a team to be determined. That's going to be Young Bucks. That should be good. Jade Cardgo versus Ty Conti for the TBS Championship. Andrew, for your purposes, I don't know if we talked about the TBS championship is now the secondary women's championship, how the men's championship is the secondary championship, which is the TNT championship. Now they have their own equivalent. Um, Brian Dallison versus John Moxley. We'll talk about that in a second. Chris Jericho versus Eddie Kingston. Talk about that in a second. Then we have a match I don't really care for. Andre Idolo, formerly known as Andre um, Cien Amos in WWE, Matt Hardy, Isaiah Casti, a private party versus Sting. That's Sting. Darby Allen and Sammy Guevara, your TNT champion for whatever reason, not defending the title. I don't get it. And then you have a face of the Revolution ladder match. Winner of the ladder match gets a title shot. They don't have everybody set in there, but it's a battle of the beefs. So we're going to start with that one. I'm super excited for that because you're going to have a ladder match with some big, beefy men, Francisco and Andrew. And what does Charles love? Big beefy men doing big beefy things. I like sweaty meat men. Andrew wasn't there for the anger. Oh, is he about to win this match? Andrew wasn't there for the anger of Elimination Chamber. Super angry still. Still pissed on that. But we have Wardlow. Big beefy man. We have Keith Lee. Yeah, that Keith Lee. That Keith Lee that I used to talk about from NXT on AEW. That's a big, big beefy man. Follow us on Twitter, Keith Lee. Charles the True, Dan Frijoles, FJOJR, Sports Goose, all that other fun stuff. We have Powerhouse Hobbs, another big beefy man. Then we have Ricky Starks and Orange Cassie. Not beefy men, but good performers. And there's a wrestler to be determined to will they'll have that termination. That should be fun. Whether that match gets a title shot or guaranteed title shot, I think, against the... I want to say it's not. It's the TNT Championship, which is weird because last year they did offer the 
AEW World Championship, so I don't know why you would have preferential stuff. But anyway, it's a good match to have a pay-per-view. The match I don't care about, Andrade Oidolo, Matt Hardy, and Isaiah Cassidy versus Sting, Darby Allin, and Sammy Guevara. I understand the TNT Championship is defended almost on a weekly basis. I do not think that you're doing yourself a service by putting your TNT Championship for the second time in a row. I think it's the second time in a row. I believe it is. In a pay-per-view match, in a multi-man tag match without it being a title defense. Why? Because if you want people who buy into these things to know what great of a performer your champion is, what better way to show that? The casuals, because what do casuals do? Like we used to do back in the 90s boxing, when it was Mike Tyson versus Evander, and we were going to pay the 70 bucks on pay-per-view. We split it together, right? It's easier to get a group of casual wrestlers to buy the $50 price tag. Still too much. Amongst three people, I don't have anybody who would do that. I wish you guys like this, but you don't. Um, so they could showcase how great of a champion Sammy Guevara is. You didn't do it last time at Revolution because you had the Minneapolis street fight, and now you're not going to do it here because you have Sting and Darby Allen and Sammy Guevara teaming up. What's the storyline behind that? Everybody's been feuding for Sammy Guevara, CNT title. Darby lost to that. Andrade lost to him. Matt Hardy's around. They're part of the Hardy Foundation faction. Is it a way to just kind of bring in Sting? Yeah. You know what kind of bothers me a little bit, though? Sammy's already in the stable. He's in the inner circle. That team is breaking up. And you're going to have a guy who's part of that stable doing a multi-man match elsewhere? Doesn't make much sense, right? Wouldn't you just put Sammy with his boys, Santana Ortiz, Proud and Powerful? Or Pride and Powerful? Yeah, it's Proud and Powerful. Teaming up together. But you put Darby and Sting? Is it because we're pimping out Sting for old-timers and casual people because it's cool that guy who's 62 can actually still go because Sting can still go. Not a full wrestling match, but in tag team, sure. I don't know. Not crazy about it. Chris Jericho and Eddie Kingston. We love Eddie Kingston. We, to a degree, love Chris Jericho. Sometimes, you know, it's a little bit too much. Am I excited for that versus what the, one of the matches that was in my top five, top ten last year of Eddie Kingston versus CM Punk? Not so much. Do I hope that it's a short 10-minute match? Obviously. Was this the battle for? This is a battle over Santana and Ortiz. Remember those guys that we just mentioned who should really be teaming with Sammy? Um, just doing stuff out. Is it going to lead to the break of the inner circle? Yeah, that's fine. I should do some predictions. I'm sorry. Um, Sting, Darby Allen, Guerrero win the other match. I would say Keith Lee wins the TNT um, title shot. Why not? We'll go for it. Eddie Kingston, Chris Jericho. Eddie Kingston wins. Santana Ortiz, you know, do some terrible things and betray Jericho and then the inner circle finally. Well, once breaking up a stable, that happens. Then we get Brian Danielson and John Moxley. You know those guys, the former WWE guys. Brian Danielson, Daniel Bryan, John Moxley, Dean Ambrose. They're having a feud. I have like a little humdinger for it. I'm ready for it. Should be good. Moxley wins, but I really would actually push Danielson to win, and that's because we want the really strong heel turn. MJF versus CM Punk. They're in a dog collar match. You know those things. Dog collars rub people beating the hell out of each other. MJF pulled off a great promo. I sent that to you guys. I don't know if you watched it. I implore you to watch it. He is playing the fiddle on mic work, and it shows why mic work matters because you can't necessarily wrestle every single week, guys, but you can always have an opportunity to speak on the microphone. And if you have good mic skills, if you have a crude promo, it's easier to write storylines unless you are employed in WWE. I don't know why Elias is being used. It makes no sense. Um, MJF wins this. MJF needs this. If MJF does not win this, he already beats Punk once cheating. If he doesn't win it this time around, um, it's because I believe they're going to have CM Punk challenge Hangman Page to give more credibility to Hangman because he's kind of taking a backseat a little bit. And you don't necessarily want to do that for your primary title holder. So that's kind of thing. Jake Cargill, Ty Conti, 
Cargill wins. You can't ruin that. Jurassic Express Red Dragon, which is Kyle Riley and Bobby Fish, former WWE guys, part of Undisputed versus a team to be announced, but I'm predicting them to be Young Bucks. Jurassic Express wins. Britt Baker versus Thunder Rosa. Thunder Rosa wins. They have a long-standing rivalry. I don't think you can continue this double or nothing, which is in May, but maybe you can, and you can have it like two out of three falls. You can have it where the person you know who was the champion loses, and they can have a rematch for some reason that's kind of absent in AEW. The only time I recall a rematch of a title match was Kenny Omega and John Moxley doing it at the pay-per-views, but you, you ought to incentivize it because – you already do long feuds for stuff that's non-title, but you can make the title matter something if people are continuously going over it. You can't have a hot potato belt, so that's annoying. Hangman Page, Adam Cole. I wish they built this story better. I'm not going to lie. Because Adam Cole, the whole thing is like, oh, you know, they used to be boys, not boys from the Bullet Club. Cole's been on a winning streak record. He hasn't lost a singles match, but he technically did to Orange Cassidy in a lights-out non-sanctioned match. And that's my problem with the lights-out non-sanctioned matches is that the win-loss matters don't count. So technically, Orange Cassidy, in theory, if he beat the number one contender, should really be the number one contender, not in the face of the Revolution match. Get rid of the power. You can have power rankings. Get rid of the whole you know, uh, rankings of what the next contenders would be if you're going to go from there. Page is going to win. Page really just needs that credibility because I kind of miss Kenny Omega as champion, and I really couldn't stand cheating Kenny. But I love Hangman. But this is the problem sometimes, guys, of when you have this almost year-on story of being the underdog finally getting through being champions. Now that you have the belt, what do you do with it? That's hard. Remember when I told you, Francisco, the hardest thing about wrestling was give me a storyline without championships in there? Now give me a storyline where the guy who has fought for the pinnacle to get the title actually gets the title. Uh, you can even equate it to a professional standard. Kevin Garnett's the best center. Kevin finally got it. Yeah. Kevin did it. And what happened was the next memorable thing that happened to Kevin Garnett? Two things. Three things. One, losing to the Lakers again in 2010. Two, getting traded to Brooklyn, doing nothing, and then getting sent back to the Timberwolves. And then three, getting denied by Ray Allen. That's <laughs> the problem. With a guy that you were the big – and let's be honest here. Let's make it to basketball. Was there anybody who was a bigger underdog in, in, in their entire career, the bigger under, underdog story than Kevin Garnett? what he had to do to get there as the big ticket uh, yeah i mean he sacrificed he was gonna stay in minnesota but he was just couldn't stay any longer he wanted to win a championship yeah. more badly more than anything so yeah and the story about underdogs that we're comparing to is you have to win something so reggie yeah. miller does not count reggie did go to the big dance yeah. but you know yeah. but this Dame is somebody who's going down that road you know well that's fine you know yeah. you don't want to be part of miami i don't want you i don't want you i need you but i don't want you you know what i mean <laughs> that's all i'm saying so that's the whole thing. The hardest thing about wrestling is now that you gave the underdog. It's easy for a heel. Just continue to be a heel and evolve as a heel. But as a face, oof, oof, it's kind of tough. Because the only other remedy you can have is have the baby face turn heel. And that's not Paige whatsoever at this point. I don't think it ever could be him the way he is with the fans. So I will make that determination if I have 50 bucks to spend. It depends. How, my Saturday is already going to be kind of screwed anyway because I have a community outreach thing that I have to go attend. That's going to be like four hours. So, you know, remember when I was just supposed to be a lawyer, some kid in a cubicle, and apparently there's more. So I'm not going to be able to hit the gym that morning, and I don't know if I want to do 3 p.m. deadlifts. I, it does not incentivize me, but if I do do it, I'll probably be dead, and I'll just watch it. But we'll see. I'll, 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 you guys will know I'll watch it because I'm going to blow it up the same way I blew it up last time. But let's go to the one singular thing about WWE. Two things. Cody Rose has yet to appear, so there's no full confirmation that Cody is going to technically in WWE, but that's heavily rumored. Um, WrestleMania, we'll talk about WrestleMania when a match. We'll talk about, we're going to give you a week off for Brock. 
But the reason why I mentioned Cody Rhodes is because Vince is giving me finally, finally something I want. This man abuses me. He abuses me, folks, because he gave me meat on meat action in January with Bobby Lashley and Brock Lesnar, and I absolutely loved it. And then he says I was going to get more meat on meat action in a cage with other men in there, and I didn't get that. And that was very hurtful. But what did I want for WrestleMania? I wanted Edge and AJ. I said mm-hmm. if I, I told it, I think I said on the last show, if I don't get Edge and AJ, yeah. I'm not wrestling. Yeah. I'm not watching WrestleMania. Yeah. I'm canceling Peacock. I was dead ass serious because there's some things that I need in life to go my way. You have no understanding how difficult it is to be since us kids. This is the only thing that's keeping me on. Besides having the Ratatouille moment, I need Edge AJ. And with Cody coming back, I'm like, bro, if you could be Cody and Edge. Because AJ, he re-signed probably for another two years. They're both on twilight to the career. Edge was given a talent. They were both hot in the times where Edge was in his prime. AJ has always kind of been in his prime, but he's just booking differently. But remember, Edge had to retire for the triple neck fusion. They met at the Royal Rumble two years ago. There was that little thing in AJ that spear. Edge was doing an open challenge for people. And it's not so much that wrestling is predictable, so I always knew in my heart heart it was going to be AJ. I had propelling AJ and Edge for four months now, have I not? The minute he split from Amos, I was pushing that hardcore. This is just what I want. I don't really care about any of the other matches because at the end of the day, wrestling is that at WrestleMania, I can be sports entertained, and there's a lot of matches I'll probably just like, oh, that was fine. But I do want a pure great wrestling match that's not overbooked. And then last night, something magical happened. It was Raw. Finn Balor's the new United States champion, by the way. He beat Damian Priest. Damian Priest turned heel. Edge had his open challenge to close out the show. He's like, who's going to be here now as I have the Lakers on my TV? And I wonder why. Lakers, Mavericks, ew. Um, and saying, who, who's going to challenge him? And then you hear AJ's music. I'm like, thank you, God. I'm looking up in the sky. I don't know if I'm praying to Yahweh. I don't know if I'm praying to Odin. I don't know if I'm praying to Zeus. You know, typical God, God for beard, baby Jesus God from Ricky Bobby. But whoever it was, they got all my thanks. And then something even better happened. Edge turned heel, tried to hit AJ. AJ tried to hit him back, and then he low-blowed AJ, and he did a concerto, which was putting Edge, you know, AJ's head on one chair and then him with another. And then I'm like, thank you, Satan, because obviously I sold my soul for a full <laughs> heel Edge versus AJ the way I was like, because now I get a story. I don't get dream match. I get a story, and I am so invested now with WrestleMania. Logan Paul or Jake Paul, I don't know who who's who. I don't care about the Paul dudes. I don't follow wannabe influencer or legitimate influencers and pseudo boxers like that. I don't care. They're going to be on WrestleMania. You know, I, I don't care about all this stuff. So Vince McMahon might be wrestling. Pat McAfee might be wrestling. That stuff was just going to be, you know, it, it's whatever. It, it's that perfunctory. Someone ordered the appetizers. You don't really want the appetizers, but it's on them. So you have to eat it anyway. Cause you want to be rude. That's how I feel about those kind of matches. This is my steak rare with like Glenn Livet scotch. And I am, if there's any match that I'm going in on, it's that. So obviously, Satan has my soul now. My parents are probably like scared if they hear that on t- public television. You know, people get freaked out. Or I sacrifice the right amount of chickens down in Miami, right, to get in there. But I'm so excited. I'm so ready. I was not expecting the heel edge. Originally, I thought when they were going to lay the groundwork, they were going to do heel AJ. But what this tells me, and we're going to do the early predictions this far out to leave it at this, is that if AJ has to win, because we're just doing the cross modes. Edge doesn't need this. Edge has spent the last year in some great-ass feuds with Roman, with Brian, with Seth. There was a thing with The Miz, which is meh. AJ needs this because he's always been main event caliber, but when you're a soldier, that means you can go do a tag team 
with almost that means you can go go against some mid card stuff this will catapult him back into the main event scene and presumably hold one of the world titles because even though it's a winner take all unification bout with brock lesnar roman reigns two different networks we know that's not happening so this is what you need to get there because edge has been just the main event scene for so long now and the year he's come back there's been really nobody who's been booked better than edge he's only lost once and that was on like live tv everything else oh no technically let me redact that he lost a lot of times the wrestlemania triple threat match how could i forget but roman has just been so fantastic that you know it's assumed that you lose except for when you're going against brock those predictions of wrestlemania are gonna be fun by the way but we got this match i hate you vince because you know you know my my body my mind's telling me no but my body is telling me yes and i don't see nothing wrong for a little bit aj edge Oh, that's all I got for you this week on Cage. Mm. Okay, well, that's it for us, everybody. So we're 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 done. We're, it, it's over for for today. But the, thank you, everyone, for for joining us for another edition of the show. And well, we'll see you guys next week. It'll be much lighter. I promise you. <laughs> bye bye. Night, everyone. Take care. <laughs>